In constructing an approximate timeline of the fight for women's suffrage or equality across Europe, I was struck by how impossibly uniform it was. Across the entire continent, hundreds of years had passed without voting rights for half of their population, and then, seemingly suddenly, the 20th century abruptly granted these rights in rapid succession. Between the first country, Finland, in 1906, to the last, Liechtenstein, in 1984, is only 78 years. A strangely small distance when put in the context of the history of democracy and the vote. Upon further investigation, it became clear that firstly, this sudden change wasn't really sudden at all. The pressure to grant women the vote had been steadily increasing for decades. The famous British philosopher and economist, John Stuart Mill, presented Parliament with the Reform Act in 1867, which included a formal petition for women's suffrage. That same year, Lydia Becker formed the first organization dedicated to this cause, and by 1897, committees were united under the National Union of Women's Suffrage Societies across Britain, under Millicent Garrett Fawcett as president. The movement grew stronger as Emmeline Pankhurst founded the Women's Social and Political Union in 1903. It was here that the term suffragettes was coined as a name for members of this group. They heckled politicians, used civil disobedience, and were frequently arrested for inciting riots. By February of 1918, women over the age of 30 received the right to vote in Britain. Suffrage rights for men and women were equalized by 1928. Secondly, nothing accelerated women's political equality quite like World War I did. In just the first two decades of the 20th century, Europe experienced a shocking burst in countries that enfranchised female populations. By World War II, almost all of Europe had established policies granting women the right to vote. And it should be noted that many of these stragglers were in fact the countries pushed into particular instability by the wars. Given that many campaigning organizations pause their activities to help with the war effort, it seems counterintuitive. But Europe's change in attitude is most explicitly demonstrated by Belgium's stance. Initially, the country gave the right to vote in national elections specifically to widows and mothers of servicemen and citizens who were killed in World War I, or to female prisoners in the war. It's clear that the underpinning message behind the success of the women's suffrage movement in Europe was the realization that with the suffering and burden placed upon women in the war, they surely deserved a voice in the decisions that obviously affected them greatly. In France, even Universal's men's frustrated suffrage wasn't granted until 1848. Gatekeeping in the electoral process was rampant across Europe and the world, with land requirements, racial limitations, tax-paying thresholds, and more as obstacles to the vote. It was only a natural progression to expand democracy from one man, one vote, to one person, one vote. As the definition of a republic grew and developed, the change only made more sense. The French Revolution spurred arguments for the right to vote for all men, justifying this with the contributions men made through military service. Instead, the idea called Republican motherhood defined how women of the time contributed to society. They played their role in governing a nation by raising informed, capable children with strong morals and Christian values. Only when the fundamental role of female citizens was challenged was women's suffrage possible. 
Women have to prove their value in public life through increased presence and increased success in academia, arts, and industry in order for their identities to be reevaluated by men in power. Thank you.